0: Today on the topic Show, Vivek tweet on federal budget goes viral. I review the executive pay compensation of GM CEO, Ford CEO, and Stellantis CEO. Bud Light Steeler's tweet performs as poorly as the team. AOC hypocrisy is greater than usual as she praises United Auto Workers while driving a Tesla. Burger King pulls advertising dollars from a free speech platform. Will they become the next Bud Light? Krispy Kreme CEO to step down. Nissan claims all European vehicles will be EV by 2030. Lego stalls plan to move away from oil-based bricks. And Ford has an issue with their oil pumps clogging so bad that the feds are starting to look to investigate. All of that and much more on The Topping Show. Thank you for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of The Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder release twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, that's the joke, you see. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, need a little assistance, you can reach the team at at toppingtechnologies.com. Also, for the rest of September, we're giving away a free flamethrower with every September purchase. Go to toppingtechnologies.com to learn a little bit more. And yes, of course, you can mount the flamethrower to an AR-15, as all awesome accessories can. Lastly, trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of September. I know it's a tall order, but if you can click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Now, going over to the business part of the podcast, you have the Krispy Kreme CEO stepping down. Now, it looks like Krispy Kreme announced that their current CEO, Michael Tattersfield, will be stepping down as CEO in this upcoming February after serving the CEO for six years, though he still will remain on the board of directors. Now, it looks like Tattersfield being credited to leading a significant expansion and transformation, Quote, unquote, which is hilariously, they, I don't think they intended that as a pun that he led the company through an expansion and transformation when those are the two key components or rather the side effects of eating a copious amount of Krispy Kreme donuts. But nevertheless, he was credited towards their fiscal transformation and, and as well as their expansion. They actually increased the revenue from $550 million in 2016 to an estimated $1.6 billion in 2023, which is, an astonishing amount of donuts. I can't help but think, anecdotally speaking, the last time I went to a Krispy Kreme, I believe I was in elementary school. Needless to say, that was back in the day. Dear God, that was before social media, barely the internet. We had dial-up, which surely ages me. You had to, we basically had to kill a computer to get onto the internet. The sound, the, eh, duh, 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 duh. Nevertheless, there's a whole process, to say the least. Now, it looks like she, Josh Charlesworth will become the new CEO January 1st, 2025. Now, Josh did join the company back in 2017 and served through a myriad of different leadership positions, including Global President, Chief Operating Officer, as well as a Chief Financial Officer. So, needless to say, he does have some pretty good experience with the company already. Now, I'm curious, let me know in the comments, when was the last time you had a Krispy Kreme donut? It seems that they did achieve a huge contract by partnering with Walmart a couple years ago. I can't help but notice they have those donuts every time you're walking out through the checkout, which one of the most valuable pieces of real estate on the planet is the square footage inside of a Walmart. It sometimes takes businesses years or even decades just to get in that company, Yellow and every contract that's continuing to apparently be renewed as I continue to see those donuts. They make great eye candy perhaps, which is perhaps actually the safest way, most healthiest way to enjoy the product just from a visual perspective. But let me know, when was the last time you a Krispy Kreme, do you think they're up and coming? Do you think they'll be able to grow the company even more? It'll be interesting to see, but as I, as I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting business news: you have Nissan claiming that all European vehicles will soon be EVs. Oh, breaks the heart. The, co- the company that makes the legendary Nissan GTR, sometimes known as the Godzilla, they also make the 400Z, which is a great twin turbo little sports car with, rarely enough, a stick shift. Three pedals, as old schoolers might say, a manual transmission, as every vehicle should have by default, I would argue. But they're also the company that makes the Ultima, which is great for a high volume of sales. I will give them that credit, of course. So they've made some great pieces of legendary Japanese automotive icons, really. And now they're going to be full EV in Europe by, apparently, 2030. Oh, how, how the mighty have fallen. Now, they claim that, you know, it's going to be great. And, the, of course, the CEO, Nissan, Makioto Uchiada, said, quote, there is no turning back now, unquote. Which I can't help but reminisce of some of the most horrific times in U.S. and more global history. And even just cinematically speaking, you watch movies, you think of the Titanic, which... I've seen enough parodies to know what it's about some of those types of things there's a lot of those movies in my life but there's no turning back now it's almost it's almost as as bad as a cliche as a guy tells another guy friend watch this or something like that it you you just know something highly entertaining will for sure happen but something good debatedly more often than not not so much now it looks like they're not alone in this endeavor of going full EV in Europe by 2030 you also have Ford as well Stellantis with the same dedication of having that timeline hit by 2030 Stellantis being one of the largest automotive companies they subsequently a couple years back they bought out Chrysler so not only do they own Stellantis which is the parent company but they have Chrysler Fiat you have Dodge Jeep Maserati and a couple all European companies that most people can't pronounce so that's quite a huge portfolio of vehicles that's all gonna be EV as well now interestingly enough Ford was irate with the UK government last week because, or it was a couple days ago. I mind sometimes bonders, but they're irate because the government said, well, maybe we're gonna lax these rules. Maybe we'll let the consumer have what they choose for a couple more years because the UK government was claiming, well, maybe it won't be 2030. Maybe the new dictatorial law will be maybe 20, maybe a couple of years out. And most of these companies are all going EV because the government is beating them over the head With regulation rules and stipulations not because the consumers are overwhelmingly demanding they actually make evs so that's a big driver behind most of these initiatives i would argue and it'll be interesting to see how many years do we get the i was about to say the good nissans there's a couple of them left how many years do we get them in the states with an ice engine also known as the internal combustion engine also known as something that will last more than you know five years which granted evs are like computers and technologies we might very well have the next battery technology next week that'll make it last a quarter of a century like an internal combustion engine. I'm skeptical, but it's one of those things where technology does move quick, and that might happen in our lifetime. But with the given technologies we have currently, when I'm looking for an ROI or something that'll last, you know, a lifetime, there's the reason I have a Honda Civic that has three pedals, known as manual transmission, and an internal combustion engine. And also of a way to make it smile, too, which I would argue some of the EV vehicles just make you feel like you're soulless and dead inside. But another topic for another time, perhaps. Other interesting business to use, you have Lego stalling their plans to move away from oil-based bricks. Now, I find this fascinating for many, many reasons, actually. Now, the justification they're saying is because they did a couple studies and they found that if they're to, as intended, move away from making them from oil-based products to making them from recycled plastic bottles. It would ironically and hilariously result in greater, a greater, higher amount of carbon emissions. Let me let let that sink in for for a little New York minute there for a second. It would actually result in greater, or actually a more detrimental effect to the environment, apparently. Which is hilariously ironic to think, oh yeah, we'll just use recycled plastics. A nice study came out recently where we realized, oh yeah, majority of that is not actually recycled, but it makes you feel good which perhaps is a good metaphor for many green initiatives. It's not actually better for the environment, it's just, it looks cool, as a youth might say. Where personally, I would rather have something that's green for your wallet, as well as for the environment, try to find a win-win. And in some cases, that very well is true, such as nuclear energy, but no one wants to talk about that because it's scary to some people who don't know mathematics, perhaps. Now, I'm actually more interested in the fact that they're not going to still do it. Because just for... As the youth might say, virtue signaling, I thought they would just go ahead and go with it. Even if it's worse for the environment. You've seen many companies do this throughout the years, perhaps one of the best examples being the paper straws, which again defied all logic and reason. That the little the person that came up with the statist- statistic, I use quotes heavily there, that say Americans use, you know, billions of straws a year. That was called that came from a kid calling straw manufacturers and getting estimates. It wasn't based in actual actual real studies or anything. They're just estimates and yet the whole industry is acquiesced and decided to make these paper straws that don't really work ironically the paper straws come in a plastic you know little plastic casing and yet states actually ban it oregon which again loony to say the least in many of their policies they banned plastic straws but they do allow copious amounts of federally illegal drugs so that state certainly has their priorities to say the least but i was really shocked i thought lego would actually go through with it regardless of the impact of the environment just so they can put it on their boxes that say hey we're extra green we love the environment so it is interesting that lego actually did listen to the science which is a rare thing in and of itself and it'll be interesting to see as people keep pushing back on lego will they find a new magical substance personally i like the original lego formula because guess what they last decades. The Legos from our childhood, which I was fortunate enough to get one or two new sets growing up, many of them used. is one of the things where they're still around. They still work perfectly. That's a darn good, durable product with the exception of the brown Legos. If you are part of the forums or you do a little research, you find that they, for the very interesting compound they use for that specific color, the pigment, I believe, actually causes the Lego bricks to become very brittle, but a debate for another time, perhaps. I was actually fascinated to see Lego did the right thing. What will they do next? That will be the new mystery, time shall tell. And I do appreciate everyone's patience as I try to work with the filter, not the filter. I wish I had filters. I'd certainly look a little bit different if we use filters on this. Right now I'm just using a USB webcam into the OBS software. And it's hard to tell if it is or is not in focus. And I have just a rudimentary setup right now of monitors acting as a teleprompter. I'm saving up and I think I will get a dedicated teleprompter in the near future with your support, thankfully. All it takes is a couple of clicks of that good old subscribe button. Eventually, we'll get there. Going on to the culture part the podcast, you have Burger King pulling ad spend from a free speech platform. Will they become the next Bud Light? I think there's a good chance that they very well may become that. Now, it shouldn't be too much of a surprise to everyone since in terms of politically speaking, Burger King has been very, well, I was about to say uneducated and leftist, but let's, well, I mean, what's the difference? Something Introducing. More, most would say. And this is just a, it's only a one minute commercial from five years ago, but I think it perfectly encapsulates who Burger King is as a company and the types of misinformation they like to put out. So this is talking about how the the, the apparent pink tax that women are forced to pay that we're told. Introducing chicken fries for a buck sixty nine and chick fries. It's the same- I was gonna say it's it's already overpriced. That's the issue right there. So chick fries is the same thing, but in a pink in a pink container. Introducing chicken fries for a buck sixty nine and chick fries. It's the same chicken fries you love, but for way more. Because girls like pink which, yes, they do. Women and men like different colors. So I that's not really a good point thus far, but we'll keep going. What?
1: They're $2.39 extra, Ooh. just because it comes in this cute new box. She's got eyelashes and a bow. I'm not going to pay for that. You're not? No. No. I'm not going to pay extra. I'm sorry. It's exactly the same thing. The same prize. Why are you it's charging me more? I ordered the same thing he did. I'll literally take them out
2: of the box. Today. Do, you, do you not like pink?
0: I
1: don't I don't even want the prize anymore. Would you pay extra for a pink box? Would you pay extra for a pink box?
0: don't have
1: to get excited about it. Do I look excited? I don't give a f- about
0: the fact that the box is pink. But when you go into the drugstore and you pay two dollars more for your razor blades, do you say something then? No.
1: Nope.
0: Ah, my eye, my eyes, I, I, my eyes rolled so far back in my head at the moronic messaging here. it, it almost physically hurt. Now the little meme on the screen says forty-two percent of the time, women's products cost more. Hmm. Really? They cost more, you say? It's called the pink tax, they say.
1: We need to be able to tell people that I'm paying more, that we're paying more for the same product. The men and women should be paying the same price. It's stupid.
0: At Burger Queen, at Burger, I was going to say Queen. Nowadays, it might be a drag queen, uh, king at Burger King. I haven't looked into their social media too much. Some more scrutiny might be needed. But the last meme, it says, at Burger King, we believe everything should be equal. Ow, my, my eye. Again, my I rolled back so much. It, it hurts. And then it, the final meme is chicken fries, $1.69 for the mail or the regular packaging. Then the other packaging is the same thing, $1. sixty-nine for the pink option. Support the pink tax repeal. Callmycongress.com. Call now, I was about to say this is mentally vacuous to say the least. A more pejorative way to say it, it might just be to say they're moronic idiots. a myriad of reasons which we will break down this before we get into the actual substance of Burger King but the pink tax this this might shock people companies they like to believe in capitalism so they're gonna charge a price that the consumer is willing to pay also when you have different pigments different pigments cost different amounts of money that's another variable as well another thing is economies of scale depending on what product you're making If you're making a lot more if you're making 100 units for the men's audience and you're making 10 units for the women's audience that's a huge price difference because you aggregate the cost of over many units and it's one of those things women are choosing to buy those pink razors i think foolishly but no one's forcing them to buy those truth be told there are women in my family who they just buy the men's version because they know it's the same damn razor from the same factory. Another interesting thing, there's also the inverse. Women's tools cost a fraction of what men's tools cost. If you wanna say pink is a different type of tool as well. They have pink tools at the Home Depot and other various places where you can get a hammer for like two bucks. I mean, it's about the same size as a child hammer. But nevertheless, if you get a male hammer, which if you wanna say male and female are different colors in regard to consumer products, there's a little truth in that I believe, you're gonna pay multiple great deal multiple more and of course they want big government to come in and just have all the prices be the same even though the products are not the same even though the consumer spending habits are not the same There are certain things men buy they don't give a damn about it in terms of I don't waste money on razors too often but when I do I usually just look for something that isn't Gillette and I look for something that is a lower price point I don't I do not care about the brand the packaging that's not a big value to me, but there are things that I do place a high value upon that many would say are more male-centric products. And I pay more partially because, well, I would argue they use better ingredients for their nutritional supplements, such as you know, whey protein. But why, why are they just deciding to buy these pink razors and other pink products? Because consumers are willing to pay more because of how they look. But Burger King thinks everything should be priced the same, regardless of logic or reason. So that—that's a little summary. That's five years ago, from Burger King, and needless to say, their IQ points have not increased one iota since. Now, the most recent thing they moronically like did a couple days ago—they pulled their funding for advertising on Rumble, which Rumble is perhaps the last free speech platform around these days. Which while I'm trying to post both shows in terms of the daily show i put the main episode both on youtube as well as rumble both the you know literally the one minute intro summary as well as the whole body of the episode and i'm looking to see if i might be able to put the clips on there as well but rumble you have this controversy right now where russell brand who earlier in his career is a promisc- promiscuous womanizer which i certainly do not agree with now he has some allegations against him from anonymous sources or anonymous women now, these incidents were apparently allegedly 20 plus years ago, okay, and there are no official charges. He hasn't, so no official charges, which certainly means, well, I should not say certainly means, I know United States public schools are all the time low in terms of teaching anything, but that means he has not been to court, and that means he's never been convicted because he's never been to court. So legally speaking, and with all the data we have now, he's currently innocent because the United States, at least there used to be, you're innocent until proven guilty. However, not anymore, according to the big tech overlords and as well as the mainstream media. Now, again, Russell Brand has not broken any of YouTube's rules. However, as soon as he has allegations brewed to the surface, immediately demonetized his entire channel on the YouTube. He still the content on there, but they demonetized him. Now, Rumble, thankfully, stood by free speech. They chose not to demonetize him, even after the tyrants, I mean the United Kingdom, actually wrote a letter to Rumble pressuring them to demonetize Russell Brand. Now interestingly enough, maybe it's the perhaps boiling the frog in the water or whatever, or boiling the lobster slowly in the water, whatever term or metaphor you prefer, a slow boil, something like that. But perhaps instead of coming out for an all out ban on Russell Brand and censoring him completely, they're trying to do it slowly so now first step they're just going to try to demonetize him the next person they choose to go after perhaps they just completely nuke his channel which we've seen before with Alex Jones now Burger King decide all right we're gonna take our advertising dollars off of rumble because they're believing in due process which unfortunately most Americans probably don't even know the definition anymore these days so now it is trending in terms of a boycott on Burger King now there are a couple of parallels in terms of the ease of the boycott with the Bud Light incident, with the Bud Light business blunder of the century, with the brilliant, and obviously that sarcasm, Alyssa Heiserschild, the proud first woman in marketing, nuked the company by losing them, in one quarter, $400 million in sales compared to the same fiscal quarter last year. And every week their sales are about 27 to 30% less to the same fiscal weeks last year. Because she thought it would be a good idea to hire a spokesperson who has an average audience member of 15 years old. Brilliant idea, Alyssa You You will always be remembered, I guarantee that. Now, in terms of Bud Light being so easy to boycott, very similar to Burger King. They really don't taste good. I don't know anyone who enjoys the product without being heavily inebriated. When I think of Burger King, I think of cheap fast food you got when you were in middle school. I don't know a single adult who buys the product without being inebriated. I don't think I've honestly had the product since maybe mid high school. It's, I mean, if I wanted a microwave burger, I would just microwave a hamburger. So it's not the highest quality. And it's also a king, so we shouldn't be too surprised they don't believe in free speech, as kings are most tyrants, similar to Canada. But it's one of those instances where you can substitute it pretty easy. But like, let's be honest, most people don't like the taste. With the exception of someone who really likes hot sauce so burns your taste buds off, in which case you might enjoy it because it's alcohol, technically it's a little bit about, but really doesn't taste like anything. So perhaps if you burn your taste buds and you really like spicy foods, then you can have Bud Light in terms of that could be a way to refresh yourself Oh, you're not getting tolerate yourself. Not really refreshing, while getting even more inebriated. I think I just came up with a fifth use case for why you would enjoy winning a case of Bud Light with the Bud Light sweepstakes. Write this down in the history books. Perhaps we will eventually think of a sixth reason to be happy by winning the product. But nevertheless, in terms of the product inherently not tasting that great to begin with, with fast food very similar to Bud Light. The competition is very close. Usually, geographically speaking, you have a lot of these fast food joints right next to each other. Sometimes just right across the street or right next door. And there are a lot of options for fast food these days. Literally dozens. And I would argue, the majority of them are probably rated higher in terms of consumer satisfaction, not microwaving the hamburgers, and... Just like Bud Light, if you're in the frozen food aisle, or more accurately, the refrigerated section, the is right next to it. So to make that different buying decision, all it takes is moving four inches to the left or right, literally just moving your hand to pick up that product. Now, I do admit, in terms of the Burger King boycott, you will have to drive an extra, perhaps 15 feet, which I know for some Americans, that that could be an endeavor. That could be a trek for some people, you know, just based on physically speaking, sometimes, Folks are a little out of shape these days. Well, not sometimes. Statistically speaking, more often than not. But I believe that 15 feet, that that little extra driving distance, or heaven forbid, walking distance, it would be worth it to send a message to Burger King to say, we don't believe in tyrants or kings. We don't want want Burger King, a tyrant. We'll take a Burger President and we'll buy an American brand. Something like that. Let me know in the comments, will you participate in the Burger King boycott? Do you think it will have the same percentage decrease in sales as Bud Light, where they're looking at about an average of 30% less of sales compared to the same fiscal periods last year? Will Burger King have the same fate? They've had a very left-leaning political messaging, for as we, as we just covered here, for years. Well, similar to Bud Light, they've had very left-leaning politics for years. Will this be the tipping point that actually convinces people We need to participate in this boycott, which again, should be very, very easy, 15 feet driving or walking or in America, rolling as well, because, you know, even easier than walking. Let me know in the comments. It'd be interesting to see what you have to say. Oh, and someday we will get the perfect focusing camera. That's hope. Someday. That's hope. Other interesting culture news, you have Bud Light Steeler's sweepstakes, but still 80% won't buy according to the Bud Light poll, which shouldn't be too, shouldn't be too surprising these days. Now, this is yet another sweepstakes. It's almost, it's almost as they, reminiscent of those lame cliche stories growing up where you hear about the kid in class where the kids want to throw their child a party, a birthday party, and the kid really doesn't have that many friends. Because he's kind of weird, maybe he's a jerk. So the parents actually go to the parents of the other kids and they bribe the kids to come to the birthday party. That's perhaps another good apt metaphor for the Bud Light business fiasco or business blunder of the decade or century, as they continue to attempt to win back their old fan base by giving away free copious amounts of Bud Light, which is perhaps one of the best examples you could use for people when they ask what's an example of someone how some who could be a winner and a loser at the same time. Though, granted, we did here, make history today, think of the sixth reason to purchase or win a Bud Light. It can be used if you're having a hot... if you really love spicy food, and you burn the all the taste buds off your tongue, you could have a Bud Light, which would help you become inebriated by... I mean, you become even more inebriated, but it would taste effectively like nothing, or perhaps even water? Which is only a little bit more palatable than perhaps a regular Bud Light, nevertheless. That is, I believe, the sixth reason why maybe some people are joining the sweepstakes, presumably, as the number of reasons to actually want the product increase by a little bit. Now, their text in the tweet says, quote, When the Steelers games end, so does your chance to score more beer money. Reply, at easy to celebrate at sweepstakes to turn every touchdown into a chance to win. Which, win? Eh. I don't, know if that, I don't know if that's really winning. But nevertheless, they had a picture of the Bud Light with a big NFL logo stamped on the head of that can to further drive the point home that they have money to throw at the NFL. And for the people who love the NFL, maybe this will push them to buy the product. Which again, let me know in the comments. Has that ever influenced your decision to purchase a product? If you see your sports ball team on a can, would you are you more likely to buy it than just having the can be regular? It's not like they add anything to the drink, I, I mean, this is for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't. I, I, it, it might be original if they actually put some bits of flakes or steel into the Bud Light, or iron perhaps, which then you could debate actually has some nutrition basis. But nevertheless, there's apparently no bits of iron or bits of steel in this can commemorating the Steelers. Interestingly enough, now they did get about fifty-five thousand views, which is quite. It almost sounds like a lot. 55,000. But they only got... Oh, oh, they increased 804 likes. So almost... Actually, no, that's not even a fraction of the employees who still work at the company, hilariously enough. Now, I almost wonder, how many of these are really... How many, how many of them are real fans? And, of course, all the people responding... Let's see here. None of them are getting likes. So we have hundreds of people responding to the sweepstakes where they're just replying to that tweet with the hashtags, presumably so they could win the cases of Bud Light. And looking at the first one called Randall Durham. Lord knows I won't guess this person's pronouns because I have no bloody idea. Now this person... well, let's see. Are they a true sports balls fan or a Bud Light fan? I mean, there's probably 18 fans left, don't get me wrong. Perhaps this is one of the 18. So, looking at their profile, they retweeted for Captain D's Fish Tenders because they have a sweepstakes where you could win Fish Tenders. Okay. Person retweeted something called Money Lion. Lion? Money Lion. Which. On its face value, it looked, just looks like the biggest scam ever. Money Lion? Really? And, of course, if they retweet it, she could win a tote bag. Ooh. Also retweeted a wrestling giveaway. A tiny chef's toy giveaway. A video game meme. So, perhaps like most many voters, she doesn't have an original thought to her. As, again, just retweeting free stuff. Well, there's a cat meme, so perhaps someone in tell. Eh, I was about to say. It. Oh, she did say love it in replying to some sports balls person. So it appears to be real, but again, this person. Oh, this. Oh, yeah, this is legit. So this person retweeted for a profile by the name of Pulte, and this this Pulte that sh- person that she retweeted. This person said, "quote." I still have $1,000 to give away to be safe and I will post proof of the other 1000 being paid as I haven't committed last night. So more more money apparently. Needless to say, if this person does have, I was about to say the privilege, if they have the occurrence of winning this Bud Light giveaway, it's not like they're getting a little customer. Again, this person just wants free stuff in general it's not expanding the brand loyalty. It's not increasing their marketing effort. Again, I don't expect anyone in marketing at Bud Light to have a modicum of intelligence these days. Here's a free idea, Bud Light. If you really want to actually build loyalty, have a contingency be If you win it, you take a picture of you with the sw- with a swill. So that way, you can at least get some more authentic social media. As opposed to all of this, which... Again, I'm trying to find real comments. Let's see. Someone by the name of Danny... Again, he same thing, just free stuff. Or he was a retweet. Clicking on his profile. He does have a retweet for a sports balls team. Apparently he's a big fan of the Yankees. I'm kidding. I know they're the Yankees. Based on Seinfeld, really. Of course, it's the same skin. And then he retweets for that hashtag millions, which is the BS thing where they say, we're sending $100 to one person who retweets and follows, which is so, how many people are, it boggles my mind how people, how many people believe in those sweepstakes and actually follow it. Although it is not too, not too surprising since you think the lottery in the United States, which is too reminiscent of 1984, where they talked about the lottery in sports balls, where it's used to control people of lower IQ. And I was about to say in the dystopian novel, unfortunately, the novel is becoming more and more realistic, if not tame by modern society standards, unfortunately. Again, I do not recommend you make that a drinking game to, you know, partake in copious amounts of alcohol when I reference the book. Because unfortunately, society has developed so often, I actually reference that book quite a bit. And I would actually highly recommend everyone should read the book. Of course, given modern public schools, that's not the books they're reading because it doesn't actually... It's not teaching you about sexual themes or other inappropriate things in school, so they would never actually teach that to people. Or even allow it, perhaps. Now... Going on to the real responses of this Bud Light, you do have someone by the name of James Broomley. And this is the first person actually says a like. So all these other ones are just retweets, which has to be a bot or people with just ridiculous amounts of time on their hands. So this person by the name of James Broomley says no. Now this person already gets, he gets 24 likes, just saying that they don't agree with that. You also have someone by the name of Painful Truths having a little gif. Or I know it's a 15 second clip. Of some film in which the person takes their I guess cover the ears if you have youth listening to this, they remove their trousers and they tuck their junk, and they have Dil Mulvaney's face on that person, and another face in that clip is the Bud Light logo. Now that got 18 likes out of the 786 views. Now you do have a reliable Rich Mooney saying, quote, Bud Light needs to address their marketing fiasco if they even hope to recover. And he has a meme that says, Bud Light acts like it's business as usual, but they're losing millions on NFL ads while sales stay flatter, then that Bud Light expiring on store shelves, unquote. Which, now that is a pun you could take to the bank. Although, if you're a Bud Light, you probably don't want to go to the bank because, again, you're losing about 30% of your sales, so the balances are not that great. Now, that got 33 likes, which I believe may be the winner for the most likes on this little Twitter thread. Or do they call it the X-Thread now that they renamed the whole company? Although for now, the URL still says Twitter.com. It'll be interesting to see if that ever changes. You do have apparently one person by the name of Young Dave 718 Although perhaps he is so young he doesn't know how to spell because it it's spelled Y-U-N-G. Or maybe that's his name now that I think about it. Nevertheless, mister Young Dave YoungDave718, although if he's young, she probably shouldn't be drinking beer. Nevertheless, he says Touchdown! And... It does have an entertaining GIF where it looks like an old Nintendo Entertainment System graphic. It has a sports ball player rejoicing since they recently made a touchdown, apparently. Now, this popular popular positive tweet got two likes, which is also known as terrible. Now, interestingly enough, you look at Mr. Dave's profile. He's got 298 followers, so he's beating me by a little bit. At N-I-C-T-O-P-P-I-N-G, if you want to follow me on the Twitter. Now, it looks like, in terms of his activity, he reposted something for a movie, reposted something for the Bitcoin company, reposted something for, yeah, Bruce Lee. So at least that's not a freebie. So he did repost something that was not a scam, apparently. It was just a picture of uh, Bruce Lee. Reposted something for the New York Giants. Ah, and now we go back to free crap. Something where you can win Mortal Kombat swag for a Mountain Dew, Xbox, Banana Falcon. An AT&T promo to win a $500 gift card, which no one ever gets, I'm sure. Another sports ball tweet. Another sports ball tweet. Freebie tweet, freebie tweet. So, it still appears as if a majority of the real responses are all negative. And of course in true dictatorial fashion, they actually hide many of their responses, which... Although, if you look at my comments, depending on the subject matter, more often than not they're critiquing me. I don't hide any of them, even if they are unflattering to say the least, because I'm an American who believes in free speech. Ironically enough, the only times my comments have been disabled is when, one, I made a visual video talking about censorship, and two, when I had a couple specific videos with Bud Light in the title, Talking about the Bud Light business blunder of the century. And ironically enough, one of the videos was about me thinking Bud Light and showing Bud Light actually hiding these responses more and, more and more and blocking more and more people. Questions? I do not think so. Nevertheless, looking at the hidden responses, you have many people retweeting a picture of the Bud Light can, which is photoshopped, allegedly. This actually just might be the San Francisco edition. Uh, more research is needed, I'll be honest. Seeing this for the first time. It says the f word light and when i say the f word i don't mean a swear i mean the pejorative term for people who are um who they uh, enjoy gentlemen so to say as i attempt to keep this towards somewhat appropriate for all ages for the content and the text next to the can says cut your private part off which the most hilarious part of that in terms of a little bit of a pun although this again this might be a legitimate advertisement I uh, i mean given Bud Light these days, it very well might be. The little small print that usually says, you know, please drink responsibly, it says, please cut your private off responsibly. Now, it looks like you have one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, yeah, about five people all copy-pasted that same image. And they all got a couple hundred views. And then, of course, Bud Light hit them all. So you have to click the show the hidden responses in order to see the most entertaining responses when it comes to the Bud Light censorship. Now let me know in the comments, do you think their sales will continue to decrease or have they flattened out? Again, week by week we're seeing about a 30% decrease in the sales compared to the same fiscal weeks last year. Do you think it will get to 32% or 33%? There's been a lot of social media attention calling to the fact that they are sponsoring an all ages drag show, which many people would argue that there's no such thing as an all age, child appropriate drag show. Very similar to the fact that There's no such thing as a child appropriate strip club. They don't exist because the concept in and of itself doesn't make any logical sense. So I've noticed that trend more and more. And I think, I don't don't believe most Americans are aware of that fact. I think most people are aware of their contributions to the LGBT community, which again, looking at the sales figures and the public responses, that's not really the controversy as they've been doing that for 30 years. They sponsored the Pride parades for 30 years and no one really cared. Some might argue that the parades have become more promiscuous as they actually contain fewer and fewer articles of clothing and have introduced sexual themes in terms of simulating sexual acts, which perhaps that is a contributing factor to why we're seeing a recent really embrace of the boycott. But it'll be interesting to see. Let me know in the comments if you think the Bud Light fiasco or the Bud Light Business Blender Century, will their sales continue to drop more and more? Or do you think they'll never go below 30% in terms of they've lost 30% of sales? That rate that's not going to increase. It'll be interesting to see because it is sports ball season. And copious amounts of alcohol are apparently called for. Other interesting cultural news, you have AOC. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Her hypocrisy is actually greater than usual. Which, that's a news headline in and of itself because, of course... That is a thing to begin with. And she says she, she, she wanted to buy a union, a UAW-manufactured EV. But she bought a Tesla, which famously are made by non-unionized workers who are motivated to actually, I would argue, work a lot harder because they're many of them are given stock options. And the price, in terms of the hourly wages per worker, is lower at Tesla, partially because they're non-unionized. And giving them yet another competitive advantage... This on top of the myriad of competitive advantages they already have, such as advanced technologies and having really bright engineers. Now, going over to the video here, and again, I'm still struggling to find a good picture in picture production software. I've seen a lot of, I know there's a lot of editing softwares you can insert the videos post-production, but I'm trying to find something where you do picture in picture while recording live, or I know I'm not streaming this yet in terms of live streaming, but right now I'm currently using OBS. And if you have suggestions, I'd really appreciate it. That's how we build the show better together. I've tried a couple softwares, but again, I have, a, I have a Razer Kaizen camera, which it should be, the software should be catching up. It was very new at the time when I purchased it about six months ago, I believe. And it's a 4K camera. And I've tried, I believe XSplit uh, over the weekend. And again, the camera would not work. So I was able to have like the video, the YouTube video, but then there, I, I wasn't there at all which many would argue that'd be more visually appealing, but nevertheless, I would like to have picture-in-picture picture of Ryan part of it as well. If you have suggestions in the comments, I greatly appreciate the feedback as we make the show better and better together. But nevertheless, without further ado, and in terms of visually appealing, perhaps this is one of the videos where you're not worrying about it too much since, I was gonna say, she, if, if insufferable was a per- picture in the dictionary, I mean, AOC and Rachel Zegler would be having tea. Although, given their political affiliations, they'd probably be smoking something and drinking a Bud Light, perhaps, be a more appropriate uh, metaphor. Or a real-life example. I don't know what they do on the weekends. So this is AOC going on Face the Nation, and we will not subject you to the full interview, as insufferable that would be. We're going to fast-forward to the 3 minute and 38 second mark, where they start to un- reveal the hypocrisy that is AOC.
2: Uh, the, I believe that President Biden is is working towards that, especially when he lands in Michigan on Tuesday to earn that. You
1: know, one of the things that's happening in the auto industry, as you know, is this um, market shift and transition to electric vehicles. You were quoted back in July saying you look forward to buying a union-made electric vehicle, but you buy, but you currently have a non-union-made. Uh,
0: well, people say uh, I was going to say. Again, the smile is i'm surprised she didn't why didn't they cast her in snow white or what's the movie with the wicked witch the wizard of oz like that smile is perfectly evil and again she does she's brilliant for marketing i can't help but wonder if people on the right applaud her being in politics because they use her to raise money as well
1: aid tesla UAW already makes some electric vehicles. So yes. why wasn't that? Is it a problem with the the quality? Is it a problem with the style? Is the market just not there?
2: Uh, no, the, our car was purchased uh, during the pandemic when travel, mas- before a, a vaccine had come out.
0: Brilliant politician, avoid the question completely. So why don't you, you buy a Chevy Bolt? They did burst into flames, but they did exist nevertheless. Why don't you buy that? Well, as the pandemic, uh, what? That, that, that's not what they asked. They said, why did you not buy a UAW-manufactured electric vehicle? But who knows? Maybe she'll blow our, blow our doors off, some might say. It would, so travel
2: between New York and Washington, the safest way that we had determined was an EV, but that was prior to um, some of the new models coming out on the market that had the range available. Uh, but we're actually looking into trading in our car now. So we're looking into it and... Hopefully we will soon. I asked you that
1: because Tesla's, you know, Elon Musk who has majority share in Tesla has said a lot.
0: Now, just pulling up the good old, I was about to say Google who uses them, the Brave tab here. It looks like the Chevy Bolt had a range with the one manufactured between 2017 and 2019. The range was 238 miles, which again, isn't great, but she's one who cares about the unions and the environment. Why not stop and charge at AOC? I mean, Lord, knows, you have a lot of time to tweet and do other things while you're on the side of the road.
1: A lot of things against the unions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these electric vehicle battery manufacturing plants as well oh. are not unionized. Mm-hmm. So there's tension here.
2: Yes. Yeah. And it's something that I have been uh, speaking with uh, President Fain about because one thing that we're- Now,
0: President Fain, if you have not been tuning in, he's the president of the United Auto Workers and he was recently elected, and in terms of what the auto workers want, they want 80 to 100 billion dollars over the course of a four-year contract. That is why there's currently a strike, because automotive manufacturers of the big three, the big three being General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis, which Stellantis is Chrysler, as well as Jeep, as well as Dodge in the United States and overseas. They own many European brands. But Sean Fain is the president of UAW, and they wanted to strike, they did the polls, and Sean said, all right, we're gonna strike. They're, again, asking for 80 to $100 billion between not just, you know, cash, but also benefits, pensions, retirees, medical, a myriad of things. As well as a 46, well, they want a 40% increase in wages, which, yeah, in aggregate, in aggregate again, that would be billions of dollars. But now they're being reasonable at only wanting 36% raise. Now, again, that's for the duration of the four-year contract as well
2: we're all on the p- same page about, is that we do not want the transition from a fossil fuel economy to an electric economy to to represent an erosion in the unionization and rights of workers. And this but is something- quickly, that's essentially what's happening. A lot yeah. of these are
1: joint ventures, these mm-hmm. battery facilities. They're not owned by the big three wholly.
2: Yeah, and this is one way in which we want to use historic legislation like the Inflation Reduction Act and and others which
0: which did quite it did the antithesis it caused more inflation but like all political things usually they use fancy words to fool people and unfortunately i think a lot of people were fooled by that but yeah can't the government just do everything typical tyrannical response
2: Represents historic climate uh, legislation to incentivize everything from tax credits to uh, to federal investment to facilities, whether they're battery production or even mining sites, and from the beginning to the very end.
0: I thought she hated mining for natural resources. What's going on here, AOC? Is she perhaps she's having a, a change of mind now? She does want the U.S. to be energy independent as well as resource independent by mining for many of the natural resources that are here. No, I, I, I was going to say, that, that's a joke. Of course, she doesn't actually believe that.
2: Uh, to make sure that they're union, to make sure that we incentivize the, the production of these new technologies, to make sure that it also represents an escalation in, uh, in rights and wages for everyday workers. In fact, I'm, I'm currently working on legislation, um, a resolution to... to um, to focus on that, everything from mining these minerals to battery production and implementation for that to be a union track um, beginning to, to end supply.
0: And- you thought EVs were expensive today. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a lot more. If they want to show us, your, her idea is, let's unionize a whole supply chain of EVs. I wonder if she's gonna to fly to Africa and unionize those cobalt mines. No, uh, no, I can't help but think, no, probably not, pr- probably not. No, absolutely not.
1: When you mention mining, you're talking about human rights violations in third countries.
2: Not only that, but also domestic mining that we have going on here in the United States, in New Mexico and in, uh, and in Arizona, places like Oak Flats, where there are frontline communities, indigenous communities that uh, really deserve a lot of focus and attention, in addition to the actual jobs that are created in this to make sure that they are of the highest standard as well, and environmental standard as well. Because
1: there's been concern about, as you know, forced labor in Mm -hmm. China.
2: Absolutely.
1: um, Ford using some of those facilities and and Tesla, uh, according to the Washington Post. I want to ask you, though, about migration as well. Mm -hmm. You were quoted in the New York Times in August as saying, immigration is arguably this administration's weakest issue. Mm -hmm. What did you mean? Well,
2: you know, I
0: think the well—that's enough on that. I—I I don't want you to hurt your earballs too much of the insufferability, but needless to say, hilarious to see him once again. The hypocrisy brew to the surface. Oh yeah, unions are great. Uh, you know, uh, I love—they're so awesome. Well, why did you buy something that a non-union, which just—just just coincidentally, that product is superior in every conceivable way. Now, uh, granted, comparing EVs to EVs, it is, but in terms of automotive. I prefer having three pedals of man transmission, as I would argue every good vehicle has. But that's just my preference. Now, in regard to the comments and the feedback, it looks like this video got 115,000 views on the YouTube. So pretty, pretty darn good. It looks like someone by the name of Keith Grillo, 8096, said, Margaret excels at holding the corporate line, unquote. And that apparently is the interviewee, or interviewer, rather. Let me see here. Someone by the name of Thomas Gardova 2900 says, Wow, she's brilliant. She knows her stuff, no doubt in mind. But she's also a political animal. I love the way she handled the Tesla issue. What? Let me know in the comments. Did you see any brilliance, or rather, did you hear any brilliance between those two ladies? She is a political animal. I I mean, a donkey is an animal. Okay, I, I guess. Oh, let's see here. Some by the name of David d 6021 said, quote, She is a rising star and I just hope she can stay humble and stick with what got her to this point. Knowledge on the the issues as she displayed here today, I love her, unquote. Well, unfortunately, David, she is apparently in a committed relationship, so I don't think she'd be interested. She's going to actually send you a cease and desist and ask you to stop asking her to date her. Though, that being said, he did get 45 likes. Alright. Some by name of Julie Greeley 556, said, quote, it's very refreshing to hear the word integrity in Congress, unquote. Yeah, the word was used. That That is correct. That person is technically correct. Some would argue the best kind of correct. Now, interestingly enough, it looks like most of the comments are agreeing with her. All right, I guess this person's getting greedy. They get, they did two comments. All right, this Julie, Julie Gree, 556 also said, quote, thank you, AOC, for your thoughtful leadership and fights for implementations of better equality and safety for the workers, unquote. Uh, that person got 131 likes, up, which might be more than the likes we get in this video. Probably, statistically speaking. Probably. However, if you like the video, it would help us challenge and see if we can beat this person getting that number of likes. Another one's saying, "Great interview." Uh, let's see if you Another one says, "Michael Cartes, bright, articulate, and refreshing." That person got thirty likes. Mm, so overwhelming majority. And for the record, I think she has done one or two good things thing think was, she worked with Matt Gates to actually introduce pr- a proposal to ban insider pr- trading from all the political leaders. Which would be nice. Of course, I don't think it went anywhere because, of course, how many people are actually going to vote for that? Unfortunately, I'm pretty sure no one did. Yeah, so interestingly enough, it looks like overwhelming support for her in the comments. Hmm. Uh, I guess there's one critique. Mr. Ethan Hunt, Indiana, said, quote, she just blamed Marco Rubio for our immigration problems. What an incredible politician, unquote. And this gentleman got one like. All right. Another one said, another Jimmy Anderson, last comment of the day for this video, person said, AOC is an angel, unquote. Well, I mean, so is Lucifer, pun moderately intended, but nevertheless, looks like the comments for this video are overwhelmingly supporting of her. Let me know in the comments, do you agree with everything AOC is saying? Of course, this is the same person who says they want to care about the middle class and care about the lower class, but again, the unions right now have the highest cost of labor in the automotive community. After the contract negotiations, it's going to go up. That's inevitable. It's just the debate is, and the whole back and forth is, how much will it increase? It'll be interesting to see. Let me know in the comments if you're a big fan of the AOC. As Trump might say, I'm a big fan of the A and the C, but not as so much the O. The AC is perfect for the summers. You need it. See, that was an air conditioning joke. It may fall flat, perhaps flatter than a bottle of Bud Light, but nevertheless, the attempt was made. Going on to the political part of the podcast, you have Vivek, or Vivek rather, but I still prefer his college rap name, Davek nevertheless vivek says his tweet on zero base budgeting for federal government gets near a million views in 12 hours which is an accomplishment in and of itself that is quite a lot of eyeballs on the message now specifically he said quote starting in 2025 we will apply a zero base budgeting to the entire federal government from scratch in each department and ask what if any spending is required rather than using last year's budget as the default starting point that's how any good ceo would handle this mess our nation's debt is 33 trillion and we need a true outsider to fix it the real problem is that both parties know no way to budget other than to continue spending on everything without real review of what works unquote which yes i think that is a very accurate statement and In terms of my experience owning an IT company and having some interactions with the public sector, not to sound pejorative, but that is a fact in terms of their budgets are always based off last year and they're incentivized to spend. The cliche saying is spend it or lose it. And I I know I'm just butchering that cliche, but, or that saying, use it or lose it," it, is more accurately put. But it is true because they will tell you, here's our budget from last year. We have this amount of dollars left. If we don't use it, we lose it for next year. So the incentive is there. It's something you see all the time. And I think most of these departments, once the I sign the government pass an audit of themselves, yeah, ex- exactly, no, not, not so much. Although if we are under, if we get audited and we owe the government a dollar, not only you're punished severely, unless you're you know Hunter Biden, but the rest of us who are you know just real civilians, we actually have to pay interest on that money that we owe the government. As opposed to when the government actually owes us money, they just give us cash, they don't give us the interest. Yet another example of the discre- discrepancy of who gets the shorter end of the stick. Or perhaps a better metaphor would be the shorter, no, the bottom glass of the Bud Light, but that would be a bad metaphor because even the bottom, that's, that's a product that no, no one actually wants. Whereas, you know, shorter than a stick, presumably you want a stick. Nevertheless, that metaphor did fail, though, not, yeah, it did did fail. Nevertheless, better puns to follow, perhaps. Now, in terms of the feedback from Vivek's post on the Twitter, some of the most popular ones come from C.W. Wallace. Now, this person says, quote, this is exactly what needs to happen. Unfortunately, you need to get rid of the clear politicians first. Term limits are a must. No one should be able to serve more than 12 years. That's Two terms for senators and six for representatives, plenty of time for them to serve the public. Unquote. Now that is a apt point, and I wish more politicians would actually introduced term limits. I've known I know one or two have. That's not a lot. Now that person got three hundred and twenty-one likes. So quite the popular opinion out of the twenty-four thousand views. Looks like other responses. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. A hundred percent. Oh. Okay. We got some critique. Some by the name of Wayne Vaughn, who has lasers for eyes, which it's a good upgrade. Superman would approve. Now, this person says, "Quote: How can we create incentives for government agencies to operate efficiently and reduce cost? Zero-based budgeting can be gamed. Agencies can simply pad their estimates." The goals and objectives of the government programs are often intentionally broad and difficult to measure now this person did get 17 likes out of 7616 views which does bring a good point you can definitely pad the numbers and overestimate what you need but i would also argue in terms of my three cents it used to be two cents but 40 year hyperinflation gotta do three cents Trick charge four but i'm generous man just three cents for my opinion though it is still free to click the subscribe button but I think any audit is better than nothing in terms of forcing them to have a conversation, actually show us, that, that'd be a great reality show. Take all the politicians and all the head of the agencies, just send them down and be go, so uh, what would you say you do around here? Show me a list of bullet points. What have you accomplished? And some presumably would have some good accomplishments and they would get the funding that they say they need. And others would have their budgets officially roasted and taken away. Let me know in the comments, would that be a good reality show? Trump is, I was gonna say, perhaps, if Trump is elected, perhaps that'd be a great way, we, again, we're $33 trillion in debt, how can we get creative with generating money for our country, as well as being fiscally responsible? Trump could have his own reality show, where, you know, he's making money off the advertisers, to so use that to pay down the debt a little bit, and he would have every agency head just come to him, just like in pregnancy go, show me what you've done here, your less, your fiscal responsibility—it's dog crap. It's terrible, the worst. Needless to say, you're your department. You're fired. You're gone. You're done. Next. Now, oh, I do apologize that perhaps hurt your, your balls worse than anything. Perhaps even worse than a Taylor Swift album. But nevertheless, the attempt was made. For a Trump impression, was it the best? No, but was it the worst? Perhaps. But some might say that's an accomplishment if you could be the best at being the worst. Perhaps. Nevertheless, other comments from Vivek's tweet. Looks like... A couple more positive ones. You have somebody named Starry saying, quote, Right after the pole shift, everything will be different. I've been considering Vivek since he started to run. The more I've watched, I have seen him go from what appeared fresh to something very calculated. And the darkness is becoming apparent? Why he has, oh geez Louise, it is a long one. This person wrote a book. Why has he not been called out for his ridiculous claim he got on the jab, but now is against it, but he did not know, LOL dude. You can read medical patents, this was your thing. If you did not have your due diligence when it came to injecting you and your family with the experimental emergency medical mandated injection, that is none of the attributes of something called vaccine until they changed the definition. Well, it is inexcusable for someone who wants to rule a country and powers given to him. What can he show about the balances of apparent falsehood? I'm not taking about ideals but what he actually fixed. So this person rants for quite some time and they got one like. So uh, interestingly enough, for a second I thought it was a positive thing but his response not so much Or at least this particular gentleman. You also have a couple other ones by name, some by Bobby Wasabi calling him Soros and Big Pharma, which he actually debunked or he addressed in a couple of videos ago where he said he did get a scholarship for medical school. From, I believe it was George Soros's brother who generated money from a different rev, uh, revenue. so it's a different company. You have some by name of, let's see here. You have some named Christian Williams saying this is the only Oh, the grammar. Come on, folks. It makes me sound silly. All right, but I'll read it nevertheless. So this is word for word from Christian Williams saying, quote, this is the only we should be running on our government. Though grammar aside, this person did get seven likes. So not too shabby. It looks like somebody named Ty said, fix the money, fix the world. We'd benefit from a sound monetary system such as Bitcoin, getting 10 likes. Another one says effort. Another person by name of username Effort between you and you saying, quote, we stand with Vivek. Got nine likes out of 4,000 views. Uh, Another one by the name of Fulham saying, quote, why this isn't already done is beyond me. Love it, unquote. And they got 11 likes. So you do have a couple pejorative responses, but it looks like overwhelming are supportive of this idea. Now, of course, the real question is, how much does social media translate into the actual polls and people actually going out and voting? That's going to be the interesting phenomenon we'll see. Anecdotally speaking, in terms of who's doing best from social media regards, Vivek is certainly doing better than the competition. And let me know in the comments. Do you think this would be a good idea in terms of maybe balancing the federal budget? I can't help but think we have to pay down that debt someday. Again, $33 trillion in debt, thanks to both Democrats and Republicans spending more money than ever before do you think that's another fun question from the comments do you think that will ever get fixed at this point it'll be interesting to see and I certainly hope so but as I say time shall tell other interesting political news you have General Motors CEO Mary Barrow's compensation breakdown now looks like this is according to SEC filings for running the running the company as well as being on the chair and the board directors so gonna to start to break down her compensation, look at the company, look at what the UAW is wanting, and wonder, do you think she deserves a raise this year? Now, in terms of her historical compensation packages, and right now we're going by the total compensation, which includes the relative percentage of the total package, the smaller salary, which I believe yearly throughout these years is around two million, but nevertheless, in terms of the whole benefits package, which is mostly stock and incentives, in 2019, her total compensation package was 21600000 US dollars, or value. In 2020, the total compensation jumped up to $23,700,000. In 2021, it went to $29,000,000, $136,780. Now that specifically, her salary was, base salary of that total amount was $2.1 million. Then you go to 2022 total compensation coming in at $28,979,570. Which is oddly specific. One would think they would round up or round down appropriately, but nevertheless, that is the total compensation value. Now, overall, it looks like in terms of the percentages of increases and decreases throughout the years, from 2019 to 2020, that raise equated to again, total benefits was 10.97% increase. In 2020 to 2021, or total increase of benefits with 22.94% increase while the raise or rather the, what's a nice way of saying you got paid less. The punishment was going from 2021 to 2022 was negative 0.99%, which is an interesting thing in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Eh, I, would, I would guess her base salary did not go down too much. That was mostly the variables in terms of the performance incentives. Now, in terms of the GM and looking at a breakdown of how they employ folks, the UAW, total number of employees, and what if she did, what if she made nothing? What if she just gave it all away? What would that, what, how would that impact their life? Now, according to the recent research, and thanks to Reuters, they noted that in terms of GM, GM currently has 46,000 employees who are members of the United Auto Workers. Now, in terms of the global, all the headcount for everyone who works at General Motors. That's 167,000 employees, which is quite a big company. Now, it looks like just the base salary was $2.1 million. Now, if she were to read in a true communist fashion and just redistribute her wealth, if she were to give each UAW member, that means each UAW member would get an additional $45.65, which subsequently after taxes would be about 13 cents which is hilarious considering who the UAW actually funds in terms of political campaign donations, but nevertheless, revenue, again, they're getting that paid before the government steals most of it. I'm sorry, taxes. Wait, was that the same word? Joking moderately. Now, each person in the UAW, again, GM UAW members have additional $45 and 65 cents, which is like a tank of gas. Now, Let's say if you want to give the money up to all General Moore's employees, both union and non-union. Each additional each employee would get an additional twelve dollars and fifty-seven cents. Which is what is that enough for? It's enough for like two bushels of apples? What would that be? Not even a case of nine millimeter. forty year hyperinflation, thanks. Hilariously, thanks to ironically many of the people that the UAW helped get elected. Nevertheless, let's look at the total compensation because when we're looking at the UAW, the numbers are going back and forth. And their total compensation package, in terms of not just a base salary, but the retiree benefits, the pensions, all that stuff, the working 40 hours a week, or rather working 32 hours a week, but getting paid 40 hours a week, in addition to the 40% increase of wages specifically, third party analysts have said that that would cost the big three each. About 80 to 100 billion dollars over the course of the contract, so it is over four years. Now, looks like let's look at her total compensation, or rather, her recent compensation after she got a little slap on the wrist, a little decrease of 1%. Oh, I rounded up 0.99%. So her total compensation was 28,979,570 dollars. If you were to, again, in true Marxist fashion, just redistribute the wealth, she has nothing. So each UAW member would get an additional. $629.99, Six hundred and twenty-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents, which again, what is that? That is a couple of tanks of gas, actually. Now that I think about it, depending on what vehicle you're currently driving, yeah, a couple. That's a little bit more than a case of ammo for at least two to three. Now, let's say we wanted to dispute it to all the GM employees, not just the union members. So again that's $28,970,570 or total compensation package because again that's base salary all as well as the health insurance the socks everything well each employee would get 173 more in their pocket 173 dollars what could you do with that well thankfully for my car because it's japanese highly efficient that would be a couple of tanks of gas actually now that i think about it although it does require premium well does it doesn't require it's highly recommended nevertheless now, out of curiosity, let's say they increased her total compensation package to 31 million, if you kind of keep in track with the average increase of salary or rather total benefits that she gets. So let's say she got $34 million each year over the next course of the next four years. So the total benefits to GM that it would cost them would be $124 million versus the UAW wanting, again, that's for four years. So 124 million versus 80 to 100 billion that's quite a bit of revenue difference or rather cost difference now in terms of gm performance which i think if you want to talk about the gm executives or any executives being overpaid or underpaid i think a more accurate way to look at this situation would be what's the company looking in terms of profit what's are they really looking at in terms of stock market what about market share which gm they've been losing market share since the 60s unfortunately and don't get me wrong they're still one of the largest but again Competition is quite fierce, needless to say. Now, it looks like in 2022, they generated $22.34 billion in profit. However, they still have a long term debt of $81 billion, which, again, it, 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 some people pejoratively call general owners government owners. In this case, it, you kind of see some of the parallels, although perhaps for different reasons, government bailed them out a couple of times. In terms of this they're 81 billion dollars in debt uh it's going to take them a little while to pay off that debt granted it's long-term debt but it's still there and they still need to make big investments even in, in the ev category i don't know if that's a proven business decision but that's what the ceo wants to do that's what the government's forcing them to do actually in part with the tailpipe emissions is basically a de facto ban on internal combustion engines so right you're seeing many are manufacturers move in that direction now Interestingly enough, in regards to the UAW president, Sean Fain, he made, again, this is total benefits, but just as an administrative assistant, last year he got $160,000, $160,000 and $130. $160,000 to be an administrative assistant. I was going to say, I should have... Let me know if you want me to bring more props on the show. I should have brought a pin to drop. Just for an administrative assistant. Now, that was before he was elected to be the UAW president. Now, the former president, Raymond Curry, earned $267,000. $267? Wow. $267,126. $267,126 be the president of the UAW. That's quite a good chunk of change for generating conflict. Or some might say, protecting the workers. That's the big debate, the, even though the cost is already higher than any other of company. Now, in terms of GM stock and how they're doing historically, over the past five years, GM stock has lost 3.24% of its value. And granted, the dividends are being paid, but the dividend yield is only 1.1% per share. So that's not great. And this week, again, it fluctuates, you know, literally by the minute. It's $33.06 per share. Now, if you want to talk about Mary Barra being overpaid, well, technically she's not. She's paid what the shareholders deem appropriate. You can always vote it down, which has happened with many companies throughout the years. If you want to argue she's overpaid, I would say, look at the stock history. I would argue she should be paid less based on this stock if you want to use that argument. Now my three cents is she's paid exactly what the shareholders want. And she's made some good cuts. Again they they're trimming the, the fat from the company, which these companies have a lot to trim in terms of middle management and people have jobs for second their jobs. But let me know in the comments, what do you think is the most compelling argument for if if you want to have an articulate argument of pay being equal or you know overpaid, underpaid, I think more accurately would be able to look at the stock. Because everyone, the UAW right now, their whole negotiating tactic, and this isn't a conspiracy, they've been quite frank with this, the reason they want 40% increases wages, in addition to all the benefits that were contributing factors to why GM and Chrysler specifically went bankrupt in 2009, well, they're saying it's because the executives got 40% pay raises. Which I would also argue that's costing, again, we talked about this earlier, over the course of four years, that cost GM about $124 million. Versus... 80 to hundred billion dollars. That's quite a big Delta. Now, given the fact that this is a pretty precarious time, we'll see if GM succeeds going to EVs, but the the stock is about flat. It's really not doing great. They are paying dividends, which is great in terms of many people buy stocks on that that fact alone. And typically people who buy those stocks, they're not gonna sell the stocks because they're getting a dividend on it. So someone argued also helps stabilize the company in that regard or stock share price. But let me know in the comments, do you think she should be paid more? Or do you think she should take a salary cut? And keep in mind, a majority of what her compensation is, is incentive based and salary stock based as well. And again, I to be honest, I'd have to take a closer look at the 10K and look at the actual stipulations of her contract. But in terms of the stock, many of them have lockout periods where they're actually not allowed to sell. It's one of the reasons you saw the stock of Rumble going down is because the first time that the founder was allowed to sell was last Sunday or two Sundays ago prior to that he was not allowed to sell with it in a certain period of time he saw this game stock historically when their stock hit the ceiling at or you know hundreds of dollars per share ironically and hilariously enough the executives couldn't sell because if you're publicly traded and you're part of the company you have restrictions on when you can buy and sell the stock so some of these stocks you cannot sell for a certain period of time so she's not getting that cash or she can't cash out immediately but and then let me know, do you think she should just get cash? Do you think she should have no stock at all? And then just give this person $30 millions of cash? Or do you think instead of the $2 million base salary, they should increase, decrease the base salary and give them more stock? Or do you not care? Let me know in the comments it would be fascinating to see if you're from the UAW or if you're from GM corporate. What's your opinion? Obviously, if you're you know from corporate, maybe don't use the real name as your YouTube name. But let me know, do you think she's overpaid right now? Or is she underpaid? It'll be interesting to see. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Other interesting political news, you have Ford CEO Jim Farley, the analysis breakdown. And I greatly appreciate the comments. I was saying an off the cuff joke about him having a positive relation with Chris Farley. Hilariously enough, that is a legit relation. I had no idea, interestingly enough. And one of the reasons I love the comments, I always keep them open, with the exception of when YouTube overrides me when I ironically is talking about a video specifically about censorship. But it's because the more they're together, the more interesting the show gets. Now, in terms of breaking down Jim Farley's compensation over the past couple of years, and in terms of these, all these dollar amounts, we're talking about a total compensation, which on average you're seeing, I would say relative to the total package, small in terms of the base salary. A majority is usually, when you're looking at executive compensation, it's usually stock as well as incentive-based stock. So if they hit certain performance marks, then they'll get more stock appropriately. Now, In terms of his total compensation breakdown for the most recent fiscal year, that'd be the 2022. And his total compensation package was $20 million, or rather, more accurately, $20,996,146. Interestingly enough, they didn't care about the pennies. How many pennies extra was that? And three cents? We may never know. But nevertheless, the breakdown of that actual total compensation package includes $1.7 million in salary. So that's just straight up cash money, as a youth might say. That's $15.2 million in stock one or $2.8 million in incentive compensation, as well as a mixture between life insurance, death insurance, morbidly enough, and miscellaneous. So that's his total compensation. So again, talking about the UAW with their negotiations, they're asking 80 to $100 billion. That's their total compensation. I've looked at the different statistics on trying to get the average worker wage for UAW workers throughout the factories, throughout the United States. And I've tried four or five different websites and I'm struggling to find a consistent number because there's so many variables. So trying to keep things apples to apples comparison, I'm comparing the total compensation packages of the executives as well as the total compensation ask of the UAW employees with the current contract negotiation. If you have a resource in the comments, let me know. i greatly appreciate it. I was looking at a couple of the sites, include salary.com, Glassdoor, and when I'm looking at the automotive, you know, the UAW factory workers, in some cases, I'll get a dollar per hour, which I could translate knowing the number of average hours that they work, but that doesn't tell me some of the benefits. And I'm trying to keep these numbers as equal to, in terms of apples to apples. So let me know in the comments. I did, again, more data, the better. So going back to historicals on his total compensation packages, 2022, his total compensation package was $20,996,146. In 2021, his total compensation package was $22,813,000. Sorry. 2020, the total compensation was $11,802,054. Now, in 2019, he was not the CEO. He was the president. So I actually eluded those numbers, or I actually left, left them out. I believe it was a frac. Well, of course, going from president to CEO, the number of compensation would be a fraction. Now, according to Reuters, Ford currently has 57,000 UAW members working for them. And in total, in terms of all employees that Ford has, they have 173,000 employees. Now, taking Jim Farley's most current recent compensation package, and another thing I find fascinating, would the UAW actually take a pay cut year to year? You see the CEOs, so right now, if you're watching the whole episode, we've thus went over the analysis of Mary Barra's compensation packages throughout the past four years, and she's the CEO of General Motors. And she, like Jim, actually took a pay cut going from, actually it was the same time period as well, going from 2021 to 2022. Yeah, they both actually took pay cuts. Now, is that something that UAW, and you're part of the member, let me know in the comments. I can't help but think that's something they would never, ever, 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 ever tolerate. And don't get me wrong, I understand they did take a pay cut in 2009 when they were part of the bankruptcy with both General Motors as well as Ford and nearly, oh, sorry, General Motors and Chrysler, nearly Ford. Ford made it out by the skin of their teeth, so to say. But nevertheless, getting back to the numbers, you have Ford having 57,000 UAW members and 173,000 total employees. So Jim Farley's total compensation package of $2,996,146 dollars, Let's say he got paid nothing and decided to perversely redistribute his wealth to everyone. Now, that means each UAW member at Ford would get $368.35, which is enough to buy a video game box, I believe. Or, what else could you buy? A couple couple tanks of gas. That's almost enough for a case of ammo for two two three. which, again, inflation... That's rough. That's not so good. Although ironically enough, the UAW actually helps politicians get into power who cause or are a big contributing factor of printing more money than they ever been printed before and causing 40 year hyperinflation as well as actually causing their demise in terms of going to EVs. That's because the government is bullying these companies and EVs will require inherently less number of people to make because they're basically computers on wheels. So ironically, they're actually voting and partially contributing to their own demise. Ironic. Nevertheless, going back to the total compensation again, so let's say we've done divided by all Ford employees. So you have Jim Farley's, again, total compensation package of $20,996,146 divided by 173,000 employees. That means each Ford employee, we get $121.37, which I suppose is enough for a tank of gas or an apple after the federal government and local sales taxes are taken away. Again, vote accordingly. Now looking at Ford in terms of the latest statistics on the stocks and the profits, Ford's last fiscal year, they did profit $25 billion. It's $25 billion. Now the UAW wants between 80 and $100 billion. Now that is over the course of a four-year contract. So $100 billion divided by four years, Ford would make... Nothing, because that would be all the profits. And I said this as a joke. As uh, I said this as a joke a couple of weeks weeks ago, that they wanted all the profits. Statistically speaking, it looks like from those proposals they kind of do. And again, these proposals are also changing on an hourly basis as the negotiations go on, and we'll see where the numbers fall. But yeah, that's quite a quite a big chunk of change. Now, in terms of the UAW and how much they make, in terms of their leadership, Sean Fain is their current president. Now, last year he was an administration assistant. Now, as an administrative assistant, you probably think you get what, maybe forty, fifty thousand dollars 50000 a year being an assistant. Nope, he got $160,000. $160,000, 130 dollars Wow. That is quite a big chunk of change. And I believe that is total compensation in terms of base salary, health insurance, all the types of bells and whistles that they receive. Now, in terms of last year's, or the prior UAW president, Raymond Curry, he got $267,126. Dear God, $267, $267,126? That is quite a big chunk of change for being a divorce attorney. I mean, president of the United Auto Workers, whose goal is surely to unify the workers and the, and the big three. <laughs> I, I'm kidding, because usually the job is the antithesis they actually profit and they actually, they basically pretend to justify their existence by generating conflict between the two parties and getting a big chunk of change while they do so. Now, when you're talking about compensation of executives, I think it's more appropriate, again, comparing a wage increase percentage of the average employee to the CEO apples to oranges. Or in this case, perhaps a a Ford Mustang to a Geo Metro, which, surely does age me in terms of the reference to the automobile I referenced. I'll let you use the search engine yourself to see the comical thing that was the Geo Metro. But nevertheless, it's not really apples to apples as the garden section might suggest or the fruit produce section might appreciate as a metaphor. Because again, a 40% increase in the executive's salary would cost the company maybe a couple, $120 million over the course of a four year contract. So what's bigger, $124 million that's not really that big of an impact on business 80 to 100 billion that's a huge impact on the business and a huge impact of the price of the vehicle that's going to be passed down to the consumer for 18 sorry the 19 people who still want these vehicles so needless to say that's going to have a dramatically different impact on the business now i think a more appropriate way in terms of if you want to say a ceo is overpaid or underpaid well first of all they're paid appropriately because that's what the shareholders have voted on. That's what they all agree on and they own the company. But nevertheless, if you, let's say you are a shareholder and you want to give your educated opinion and you want to vote as anyone can buy stock these days, that's a beautiful thing. Now, I think a more appropriate objective and a more appropriate measurement would be the company's profitability, their new new products, investments, as well as their stock. Stock is one of the biggest metrics for publicly traded companies and how they're doing so let's break down the Ford stock over the past five years. Now Ford stock again over the past five years, their stock is up 34.38%. Let me let, let me let that pin drop for a second here. I they'll right. ah. soon be in the budget. Perhaps I will I'll splurge and buy some pins soon once the channel is monetized. Maybe, we might treat ourselves something like that. Pin drop. 34.38%. That's Huge for a Detroit-based automotive company. Now, if anything, my three cents, he deserves a raise. He got he helps the stock go up by 34.38% with his business decisions and his leadership. Now, contrast that to General Motors. Now, General Motors, going back to Mary, who again the current CEO is Mary Barra, and again, these CEOs have both been CEOs. Mary has been CEO longer at the company in terms of longer at GM. Jim Farley has been CEO since 2020. Again, he's president in 2019. But it's almost a whole five-year duration of that stock trend. So yeah, Ford. Their stock's going up by third. Again, I, that's so unusual for Detroit companies to have that big of a delta. That's, that's really good. Three, I still almost don't believe it myself. Now, going to General Motors. Again, both stocks are over the same five-year period. GM, their stock went up by nothing. It actually lost stock value. It went down by 3.24%. Yeah, that's not so good. So yeah, Ford is doing pretty darn good for that stock. Then also another great thing about Ford is again, I'm not financial. I'm not, I don't have a fiduciary responsibility. I'm not telling you to buy stock. I don't give financial advice. I'm just trying to break down the compensation packages relative to the persona versus the companies. Now, with Ford, they also importantly pay dividends, which is something that is, I'd say, tantamount to most publicly traded companies. they are all groups of investors who buy companies on that basis alone. Many people will argue it also shows the stability of the business. It's rewarding the people who are investing in it. Well, Ford not only pays a dividend, but their dividend yield is 4.83% versus GM coming in at 1.1%. Now, Ford stock per share is lower than General Motors. Ford stock is around, again, it fluctuates on a minute basis, but this week it's about $12.58 per share compared to, compared to General Motors, it's coming in at $33.06 per share. So I can't help but think with all that information, my three cents is Jim Farley's underpaid, if anything. But again, that's my three cents. It used to be two cents, but 40 year hyperinflation, ironically, you know, partially caused by the, the people the UAW getting get into politics, I I gotta do three cents for my opinion. Though it is still free to click that subscribe button. And let me know if you're an employee of Ford or if you work at the UAW for Ford factory, do you think he's underpaid or do you think he's overpaid? And if you do think he's overpaid, would you rather him get a lower stock compensation package? Or I guess my question is also, what do you think you don't like about the compensation package? Do you think they shouldn't get stock? Do you think they should have a lower base salary and more stock? Historically, one of the most famous examples of that being Elon Musk, who took, I think, like a dollar salary for many years. And he risked everything by just taking stock, which helped make him the wealthiest man in the world. So let me know in the comments. Not only do you think, is he overpaid or underpaid, but what would you change about the structure of his compensation package? I appreciate your input and look forward to what you have to say. Other interesting political news, you have Stellantis CEO Carlos Tavares. We're gonna break down his compensation package, talk about the company performance, compare that to the UAW, and then let me know in the comments, do you think he's overpaid, underpaid? And then what would you change about the breakdown of his package? Now, it is a little bit difficult in terms of the backstory or rather the past fiscal years of his compensation package because he became CEO in 2021. We have Jim Farley, he was CEO for the past three or four years and Mary Bart, who's CEO of Ford, they have Mary Barr, who's the CEO of General Motors, who's been the CEO for multiple years. So, they're all publicly traded. We have those numbers. Now, Stellantis, it's a newer company. And when I say newer company, it's, it is is more of a holding company. Now, in terms of the portfolio Stellantis, he became CEO when they formed the company in 2021. It's actually founded January 16th, 2021, via a merger between Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, as, which is also known as FCA Group, as well as Group PSA, which gets an F for marketing, because no one knows what that means. And it is not, in fact, a public service announcement. I did a fact check on that. I thought it might be that type of group PSA. Obviously, pun, moderately intended. Now, in terms of all the brands that Stellantis currently owns and is in charge of, that includes such businesses as Abareth, Alfa Romeo, Chrysler, Citroën, Dodge, DS, Fiat, Fiat Professional, Jeep, Lancia, Maserati, Mopar, Opel, Peugeot, Ram, and Vauxhall. That is quite a big portfolio, which also contributes to, to being a very large automotive company. They have a lot of brands that they're continuing to work with, and truth be told, manufacturer. And it is quite disappointing how few of these vehicles actually come with a stick shift, as every vehicle should by default, just because that's the most pure experience and most fun you can have driving any automotive vehicle. But that's just me. Now. In terms of, again, we have his most recent compensation package, that looked like it was specifically $25.6 million. Now granted, when you break that down, it looks like it is 91% variable and it looks like $12.8 million in long-term incentives. Now, interestingly enough, a a lot of people, many people, in fact, will complain CEOs are paid too little or too much. And I always have the same response. If you want to be involved in the company and have your opinion be valued, you can Actually, buy stock and you vote. So you can vote yay or nay. If you think they are, in fact, overpaid, toss your ballot. Now, in this case, people did. Now, specifically, Stellantis changed its remuneration policy and disclosure practices following the shareholders' rejection of the executive compensation report for 2021. The rejection was caused by the merger of Fiat Chrysler Automobiles Group PSA, resulting in Stellantis, the trade unions, and politicians criticizing Devar's high compensation. The rejection had prompted a shift in the company's strategy, with Stellantis now emphasizing a performance-based rewards for exceeding ambitious goals. As a result, the company re- reported a 13% decrease in CEO compensation from 2021 to, again, this is in euros, 4.14.9 million euros. Which, and again, the exchange rate variables a lot, but it looks like as the time the report from Reuters, it was. $16.5 million U.S. dollars, reflecting the company's new approach, unquote. Now, interestingly enough, there's a prime example, because there are some pejorative comments, which, again, if it's constructive feedback, I appreciate it always. And there are a lot of people who are complaining, saying it's too expensive, or really getting paid too much. And some of them, I mean, it doesn't cost a lot of money to buy these stocks, in terms of you can buy a couple shares. But it's one of those things where shareholders rejected it, and they want this person to be more compensation-based in terms of, want to be more incentive-based. So smaller base salary, much more variable. So if they hit certain business goals, they're gonna get a lot more money. And let me know in the comments, do you think that is the most appropriate or most preferred compensation package for a CEO of a company? It seems to be a very common practice where, just like with GM, as well as Ford, their base salary, again, their compensation packages are between 20 and $30 million total, but the base salary are usually between Wanna say one point so Jim Farley's one point seven million base salary and Mary Barras was two point one million base, a majority of the compensation was stock as well as incentive based. So let me know in the comments if you think that's the most efficient incentive package for an executive, and what would you prefer? Now, in terms of the breakdown per employee is how much money people get if he were to go just want to give away all his money and some people in the comments say they should. Now, according to Reuters, Ford or, or sorry, let's see here. No, that was a typo. Yeah, because Ford has much more. Ford actually has the highest number of UAW members. They have 51,000 United Auto Worker members working for Ford. Now, Stellantis has 43,000 UAW members, but their total employees are 272,367, which, dear God, that's a lot of employees. And interestingly enough, based on the number of brands they're managing and the number of employees they're managing, I'm actually surprised he's not getting paid more because if you look at General Motors, they have four brands that they currently contribute to. They have good old Chevrolet, that good old French race car driver. They've got Buick, they've got GMC and Cadillac. So that's four brands. Then you have Ford, Ford has Ford and Lincoln, which you know back in the good old days, they actually did have some you know luxury in terms of, they had Aston Martin, Range Rover, but nevertheless, they got two brands. And they do have their little, they have the divisions of Ford, which they have Ford Blue, Ford EV, then Ford Commercial. But Stellantis has more car companies than a dictionary. So I'm actually surprised he's not, his compensation isn't higher. But nevertheless, let's take his most recent total compensation package of $25,600,000 $25, divided by the 43,000 UAW members. That gives $595.35, which is a little more than a case of ammo for 223. So not too bad, but still long term. Now, if you wanted to divide that by the total number of employees, so that's twenty-five million six hundred thousand dollars. That divided by the two hundred seventy-two thousand three hundred sixty-seven total Stellantis employees, well, each employee would get ninety-four dollars more in their pocket, which is, I guess, a tank of gas. Which, huh? Almost as if, almost as if it's apples to oranges. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly, because it is apples to oranges. Again, because if you were to increase, the UAW wants to increase it by 40% in terms of their benefits to their wages, well, and then all the other incentives. Well, I guess now they've negotiated down to 36, which again, the, the debate and will bankrupt the company is out. In this case, it would. Now, I say that because the UAW wants between, again, there's a 30-party reports. The original offer or ask was between $80 billion and $100 billion dollars. A lot. That's quite a big chunk of change. Now that is, to be clear, over the course of the four-year contract. But if you were to increase this CEO's compensation package, again, he's getting twenty-five million dollars. What if you increased it by forty million, or sorry, forty percent? What is that? On the good old calculator here, so you got twenty-five million six. Let's see, twenty-five million six hundred thousand dollars. So times that by forty percent, thirty-five million dollars times four years, so the cost impact would be one hundred forty-three million dollars, six three hundred and sixty thousand dollars, if they were to increase the CEO compensation package by forty percent and have that over the course of a four-year contract. Now I'll do a little math. We only, in fact, again I'm no math wizard, but I do know one number is bigger than the other. One hundred forty-three million six three hundred sixty thousand dollars. That is much smaller than 80 to 100 billion dollars, which is why I always think it's silly to have these apples to oranges comparisons between an executive getting a 40% raised and the workers getting four percent raised. And trying to keep things apples to apples, I'm talking about total compensation packages, which include healthcare benefits, stock, because that's what the UAW package is with the negotiation. They want a 40% wage, but the total package that they want, suppresses perhaps it actually isn't equal because UAW wants a 40% wage increase, now only, thir- only 36, but the total package that they want in terms of retiree benefits, healthcare working 32 hours a week but getting paid 40, all those things costing $8,200 billion. Now, this would quite literally bankrupt the company in this specific case as well. Because if you look at 2022, the net profit for Stellantis was $17.9 billion. And even at the most conservative estimates for the UAW asked, again, that was $80 billion and that is over the course of a four-year contract, they could literally go bankrupt. Now, interestingly enough, you look at the C- the president, UAW, Sean Fain, who he spells his name Sean with an H, which is ridiculous in and of itself. That's not even a real name. It's almost as ridiculous as his name, like a name after a food, like topping. Oh, wait. Damn. Kidding, obviously. But nevertheless, Sean Fain, as an administrative assistant... Got paid $160,130 $160, when he was an administrative assistant for the UAW last year. And now he did vote, He was voted in to become president. The last president, Mr. Raymond Curry, earned $267,126. Which is quite a big chunk of change for a divorce attorney. I mean, leader of the UAW. Now, in terms of having an accurate representation of should a CEO get paid more or less... I think a better way to look at it would be the profits as well as the stock. Stock is one of the best parameters when it comes to judging a publicly traded company. Now, Solanctus stock is a little bit kind of squirrely because again, it's a company of a company of a company. There is a stock and it's been traded throughout the years, but there's so many things to added to it. But nevertheless, we do have some stock history for that. Now, in terms of their stock, the Solanctus, the five-year outlook of the trend, is actually up 9.88%. So. For an automotive company, that's pretty darn good comparing to the big three of GM and Ford, which actually GM came in negative three, about 3%, and Ford is up about 33%. So quite a lot of variables. Needless to say, scientists appears to be in second place. Although I would say they still get, they, they still lose because they don't make the Dodge Viper anymore. And how could, you, how could you really be a winner without making the Dodge Viper? But nevertheless, their five-year stock trend up 9.88%. And again, it tra- it's it's fluctuating on a second basis for the stock market, but their latest price coming in this week around $19.24 per share, which is not too shabby in and of itself. Now, unfortunately, which is kind of disappointing, they don't pay dividends, which if you're an investor, there are many arguments in regard to, are dividends better for the company and worse for the company? Is it good to reward shareholders who are actually purchasing your stock? Or is it taken away from money that could be put into research and development? It's a whole debate in and of itself, another time for another time perhaps, but it is something that differentiates it from the other two of the big three, with both Ford as well as General Motors, both paying dividends to the people who invest in their businesses. So, interestingly enough, my three cents, and again, it should be four cents, but I'm a generous man, but three cents it is, should be two cents, if it was back in the day, but nevertheless, my three cents here, though it's still free to click that subscribe button, and try to get to 4,000 by the end of September? Ambitious, I know, but nevertheless, as a wise pilot once said, never tell me the odds. Uh, never tell me the odds, some might say. Now, in terms of managing so many brands and every stock performance, that's, that's relatively positive. It's certainly better than the General Motors. I would actually argue he's, I'd say at the end of the day, I would say he's underpaid in terms of his total compensation package. But the most important thing, nevertheless, so what the shareholders decided, they said he's paid too much, so they changed it so he has lesser base salary but more incentive package. And it's cliche to say the customer is always right. In this case, perhaps a more appropriate response or saying or metaphor would be, the shareholder is always right. Now, that's not that being said, I'm still interested to hear what do you have to say, especially if you either work for Stellantis Corporate or if you're a UEW member who works on one of the assembly lines at Stellantis Plant, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Do you think the CEO... Do you think Carlos is overpaid or underpaid? And then, do you think they should change his compensation package again? Do you think they did the right thing, having it more incentive-driven and less base salary? Now, being a small business owner, I'm all about the upside. I, Lord knows, I actually lost money when I first started the companies. And base salaries, I always say, risk it all. If you believe in yourself, you'll always go for the larger incentive and less security, less base. Let's just my three cents. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Now going on to the business blunder of the day. You have Ford self-clogging oil pumps so bad they're causing the feds to investigate. Now, this is specifically the Ford oil pumps for the 1.0 liter EcoBoost engine, which sounds silly in and of itself. And I believe it will affect the Ford Escape. Nope, not even close. It was a Fiesta as well as the Focus. Which, interestingly enough, they killed years ago. Which, yeah, Yet another reason I chose the Civic over the Focus. The Focus was a really fun car, in the, in the ST specifically. It only came in a stick shift, as every car should by default. But nevertheless, my ADHD will abate for now. Now, in terms of the article from The Drive, they noted that the National Highway Traffic Tra- Safety Administration is investigating nearly a quarter million Ford EcoSport SUVs following a rash of complaints from its owners. The complaints are concentrated around the loss of power, which stems from what the owners believe to be faulty oil pumps, potentially causing the debris to be sucked up the premature belt failures. So it looks like the the 1.0 liter turbocharged three-cylinder found in 2018 and later Ford Ecosport, as well as certain model and trim years of the Fiesta and Focus, has an oil pump driven by belt that Ford placed inside the motor, and is prone to failures. Rich, again, I one of my favorite automotive jokes, which I think is true. And cover your ears if you have young ones listening, is a automotive engineer would walk past three highly attractive women in order to screw over a mechanic. The joke being they don't design them to actually be easy to maintain, or Talk, think about the life cycle management of the vehicle of having to take certain things off actually to get certain things. Some jokes kind of lose their buzz when they're a little bit censored. But nevertheless, the joke was there. You just got to sift through it a little bit. You'll find it. Was it good? That's for the comment section to let me know. Now, it looks like the agency's Office of Defects Defects Investigation launched its probe earlier this week on Wednesday. Following 93 consumer complaints about the oil pump failing, the investigation covers about 240,000 EcoSport vehicles for, sold in the U.S., model years ranging from 2018 to 2021. And then they, they claim, of course, the issue isn't exactly new. In 2019, Ford issued a special service message for 2018 and 19 models regarding oil or loss of oil pressure. And they actually expanded that message by issuing a SSM, 49726 in 2021 for for other global vehicles, such as the Ford Focus, with the same 1.0 liter engine. So, be interesting to see, but I mean, the good news, of course, the silver lining is, it doesn't sound like a life-threatening failure. I don't see, and I go through reports, and I'm not seeing any instances, thankfully, of anyone passing away from this particular issue. So it's good in that regard, but in terms of the brand reputation, which Ford has an acronym in and of itself in that regard, but to have such a eh, just such an ill design where you put that. And let me know if you're if you're a mechanical engineer. I'd love to know your opinion, especially. Do you think they did this for cost reasons? What what inspired them to actually put the pump there? And hopefully, and again, I'm I don't. Hopefully no one is hurt by this, and it's just a simple recall. You take it in, they give you a better part, and it'll be interesting to see if they just do a complete redesign for future models. But needless to say, to have such a big issue that affects, I mean, over a quarter million vehicles, that's gotta be the business blunder of the day. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in today. Also, don't forget to take the time to subscribe. I know it's ambitious, but trying to get to 4,000 subscribers. By the end of the year, also giving away a free flamethrower with every IT purchase in September. Go to toppingtechnologies.com to learn a little bit more about the rules and details. Also, don't forget the time to take the time to ask your friends and really just let them know about the show. Get their feedback as well. What I'm trying to say is don't forget to take the time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, Heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone Just stay safe, fight the good fight.